Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Madeline's Madeline in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. So first off, if I see the name Madeline spelled, my instinct is to say Madeline. Uh, but in the movie, they say Madeline. And so I'm going to try to not say Madeline when I'm talking about this movie. Because uh, the name appears twice in the title, and it deserves to be pronounced correctly. Um, yeah. But... Madeline's Madeline is a new indie film that premiered at, oh boy, um, Sundance? I think I can check this. Um, da, 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 da. Yeah, Sundance. It premiered at Sundance this year. Uh, it is directed by Josephine Decker, and it stars Helena Howard, Molly Parker, and Miranda July. Uh, Josephine Decker, who has directed a couple of other films, none that I have seen, but they include titles like Thou Wast Mild and Lovely, Butter on the Latch, uh, Collective Colon Unconscious, Flames, Me the Terrible, and By, B.I., The Way. And Madeline's Madeline has gotten a lot of positive buzz. Uh, it has got a solid 3.7 on Letterboxd, which is pretty good. Uh, and it has a... One second here. Uh, it has an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, last I checked. So, you know, fairly, fairly well received. And to really uh, talk about this film, you know, there's definitely going to have to be a spoiler section in this episode at, at later on. But I will uh, have as much of as an extensive part of part of this review without spoilers because it is a fascinating film. I really want people to go see it, and uh, it's the less you know, I think, um, generally the better. I think uh, me not really having any idea what to expect, I, I really enjoyed the experience. I really loved uh, discovering what was going on as it happened. I can definitely understand where some people would not be conducive to that that way of viewing this movie. It is strange, and um, you know, I, I was it was actually brought to my attention, I think yesterday, um, that uh, you know, if you if you listen to the show on iTunes, um, and I'm not sure if it does this in other places. I know iTunes does it, and. Um, if that's how you listen, then you always see the little explicit E next to all of the episodes. Uh, and, you know, these shows aren't very explicit. I, I, you know, I've lis I listened to podcasts that are vastly more, you know, um, not safe for work and, and, and raunchy and explicit than, than mine is. But the reason that I, I t checked that box when I put the show up is because... I don't ever want to feel like I have to restrict the way I react to something or what I say or any of the people that ever come on the show have to restrict what they want to say or or, or, or feel. And 
you know, I, this is one of those instances where I really am, am thankful for that because this movie is fucking batshit. Okay, this is this is a very ridiculously in, insane movie that I I don't I still am am trying to wrap my head around because it 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 does it approaches film in a way that you don't really see ever. Uh, it, it distorts the line between film and 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 story and structure that to the point where it doesn't exist. And at times, I don't know that that completely works. Uh, at other times, I think it's it's perfect, and it's going to be interesting to try to unpack that reaction uh, as as I'm talking about the movie. So that said. Uh, what is this movie about? So we, we follow the lead, Helena Howard. Um, she is, this is her first movie ever. It's her only credit on Letterboxd. And she is a teenage girl who has joined a theater troupe. Um, and beyond that, uh, she has struggled with um, mental issues. She has uh, really at the start of the movie, returned from um, staying at a... Uh, they don't really explicitly tell you, but it's like a rehab or, or uh, something something akin to that. And so she's just come back, and now she's really throwing herself into this theater troupe. And she has a very strained and problematic relationship with her mother, who is played by Miranda July, uh, should be mentioned. Helena Howard is not white, and Miranda July is, and we never meet the father, so uh, we don't know how much that situate that, that relationship is, is strained by that ele- those elements. Um, it doesn't feel... I, I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of movies would sit, set up this paradigm in a way to exploit it uh in a way not negative not with a negative connotation there but but to use it and utilize that as a way to um get underneath the the surface of these characters and this movie never really addresses it 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 doesn't make it a point of interest uh and you would expect it to except it it doesn't need it Uh, you know this movie is is thriving on conflict and um, creativity and decisions that you know are are being made way way out of left field. That something as obvious as the color of skin is is just completely forgotten about and falls by the wayside. Uh, so so their relationship isn't great. Uh, as I said, the father's not in the picture. There is a brother uh, who we don't really get to see that often. Uh, he's in. I think one scene and then is mentioned a, a one or two other times in the in the movie. He's very inconsequential. And then the third uh, player in this movie is Molly Parker, who plays Evangeline, and she is the director of this theater troupe that Madeline is a part of. So those are pretty much the core characters. Those are those are who really matters in the movie. Those are the people we follow and, and get to know. And over the course of the film, we see uh, Madeline really throw herself into this theater troupe, and uh, she becomes very invested in it. She is 
wants to, you know, almost seems to want to spend more time there than anywhere else. It is uh, part of, you know, her her life and, and what she is focusing all of her energy on. And then on the other hand, uh, <laughs> there are moments where it's the last place she wants to be. And, and it's that very fascinating, uh, just, just backside of that coin. And you can't, even by the end of the movie, there's all these, uh, you know, paradoxes that continuously arise. And, you know, the movie doesn't necessarily try to try to explain them or, or, you know, tell you what's happening. But, it provides you with just enough information and just enough um, direction to ultimately give yourself more than enough reason and and um, detail to piece together exactly what, um, hopefully, what uh, could could have been happening. So I guess what I guess what I mean by that is, you know, if if you think about a movie like. Um, Inception. All right, this is a perfect, perfect example. So Inception, at the end of the movie, you know, we, he, you know, Cobb spins the top on the table, which has been established in the movie that if the top doesn't stop spinning, it's that he's in a dream. And if it does stop spinning and acts like a normal top, then he, you know, is in the real world. And in this final shot of Inception, we see the top spinning and we see it wobble. We don't see it fall, but we see it wobble. And so... Uh, Nolan leaves it up to our view, the viewer's interpretation as to whether or not Cobb is in a dream or not when he spins the top in this situation. And what that means is, b- because of that final shot, you don't know, right? We we can't know. It's a, it's you know the ending is is like Schrodinger's cat. It could both you know as far as we're concerned, it's both endings. It's either ending. He is a. It's awake. He's he's in a dream, and in my opinion, and I, I am a big fan of Inception. I love the love the movie, but in my opinion, I don't think there is sufficient evidence throughout the entire film to indicate solidly or concretely one way or the other, whether it's in a dream or not. I, I personally, I don't feel there there is. Um, so what that means is, <clears throat> and, and maybe that's, and I, I think that's Nolan's choice. I don't think he wants us to have a solid idea. In Madeline's Madeline, you get that similar feeling throughout the film of, well, it could be this or it could be that. And I think by the end of it, um, you have a definite answer. And I, I, I appreciate that from a movie that really does feel very scattershot, that, that for most of it, you're really wondering what the hell is going on. And to get an ending that, while shocking and while striking, is, is also, in my opinion, finite, I think really hammers home just the, the technical skill that Decker exhibits in directing this film. You know, she is dealing with a, a narrative and, and a structure that have no real skeleton to them. You know, they're just, it's just goo. Uh, you have, it's a very imp- improv- improvisational movie that feels very nuanced, that feels very almost disconnected in some ways. 
but that by the end of it, you feel complete having viewed it. And that's, that's, that's not easy. That's not easy at all. Uh, so for that, I, I, I can't commend the movie enough from that, that side of things. On the other side of things, uh, the performances in the movie. So uh, to start with the uh, peripheral characters, you have um, Miranda July as the mother is, uh, you know, if you're not familiar with that name, if you're not familiar with who she is, uh, she is not really a household name. Uh, this is only the fourth movie I've seen her in. Uh, those movies being Me and You and Everyone We Know, which is probably her most recognizable film. She also directed that, and it's one that I very much enjoy. Uh, and it's it's a very it's it's a very strange comedy film, uh, and it really you have to really uh, be in the right mood to to enjoy a movie like me and you and everyone we know because it it does some strange things and so her her reputation is very outgoing uh she she's very over the top and and she feels very um um i don't know she just kind of just there's no filter i guess is kind of the way it is and in this movie, as the mother of Helena Howard, as the mother of Madeline, she is the most, one of the most reserved characters, you, you know, you'll ever see on film. She can't really express her feelings. She doesn't know how to talk to her daughter. She gets emotionally upset at the drop of a hat. She, she has, uh, you know, she finds that, you know, Molly, Molly Parker, who plays uh, Evangeline, you know, they, they have a very weird and and awkward relationship uh and Miranda July is is anything but you know socially awkward she is very socially outgoing in, in all the other roles you see her in so this is very fascinating like seeing her play against type that way I really enjoyed enjoyed that I really appreciate it. I thought she did a great job um there are a lot of scenes the first scene you see her in is a scene in well okay outside of the opening the first, the, the second scene, I guess you see her in, she is picking Madeline up from the theater troupe, and, and she's in the car, and that scene is is so strangely constructed. So, uh, to kind of sum it up, uh, Madeline is rushing out of the theater troupe, having just kind of committed a prank, and keeps telling her mom, come on, drive, 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 let's go, let's go, let's go, and the mom's like freaking out, and she doesn't know what's happening, she doesn't know what's going on. And, like, the car doesn't move. And, like, she's like, duck down, duck down. Like, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. Uh, and, you know, it's playful. It's fun. And Miranda, and, and Miranda July, who, uh, whose name is Regina in the movie, does not uh, see things that way in this situation. She, you know, after a second, um, as soon as she realizes, like, what the prank was and what happened, and she, she immediately, uh, you know, tries to rationalize things and put things in the context, into a context that she can understand. And by recontextualizing, recontextualizing things, she turns it into, you know, it, it, she really bastardizes what really took place. And she reacts in a way that, you know, I don't think most people would react uh, in this circumstance. But 
she is fearful, she is worried, she is anxious, you know, she's a mother, she's very concerned about her daughter and the state that she's in and, and what's happening and her safety. And, you know, as soon as that, you know, there's a moment in this scene where it everything clicks and, and it really shifts on a, on a dime. And you get Helen Howard, who is, goes from, like, excited and happy and, and smiling and, like, out of breath and, like, frazzled into, you know, disappointed and angry and reserved and, and frustrated. And, you know, all of a sudden she becomes this very stereotypical teenager that's uttering one-word sentences to answer every single thing her mother says. Uh, you know, like, whatever, it doesn't matter or something, you know. And... You know, just to watch the shift uh, between these characters is is fascinating, and I, I love the character of Miranda July. I think there are there's a hiccup with her character uh, that takes place towards the end that I can talk about in spoilers. But I, I think of the three principal characters, I thought Miranda July was the one who uh, got the least bit of um, was addressed the least at the end of the movie, and 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 her. The sort of journey she takes throughout the film was kind of left open-ended, uh, and and I wish it hadn't been at least not so much. Uh, so so there so so that's Miranda July. Uh, Molly Parker, I think, is fantastic in this movie. Uh, I think she is the second best performer in the movie. But I mean, there's really three principal characters, so two out of three. Um, I do currently have her on the list for supporting performance uh, in the Circle of Film Awards. She has made it onto that that list for the moment. And she, as the theater troupe leader, director, is in, indescribable. You know, she it's a very physical theater troupe. Um, she is teaching a, a whole, you know, a dozen or more people you know, and what really happens in this troupe and, and with these people is very odd and very, very, you know, I guess you, you would kind of equate it to wanting to kind of break down the walls around a person and, you know, get them to really act, right? Like, that's kind of the, the, the shtick that she's got going on. And, um, none of no one is more susceptible to this than Madeline, who, you know, almost comes to see uh, Evangeline as kind of a mother. You know, she kind of idolizes her and looks up to her and and talks to her and and wants to spend more time with her and and you know really gets into this and you know conversely you have Evangeline who really appreciates Madeline and really wants her in this play and then slowly the play be, or I don't know if it's a play but the the performance uh, uh, twists until it's it's more and more and more about Madeline and, and about her life and and she becomes the star of it and she becomes the the principal character and everything kind of you know uh, ripples away out from her and Throughout the film, you have Evangeline who is consistently uh, just out of sorts and and re reorganizing things. Uh, there's a scene with like a photo shoot, and she had asked someone to create costumes for this photo shoot, and you know they they put them in the costumes. They're just get taking the pictures, and then a couple of 
and like half a half a minute later, she's like, you know what? I think maybe, yeah, you know, like I, I get that this was exactly what I asked for, but I think what if we do them without the costumes? What if we put them back in the street clothes? And and like it, it, she just has has no recognition for the feelings of others. You know, she is existing in her own little world. She is independent um, to a fault and lacks the ability to realize that she is, I don't, I don't know, she, she's unable to um, consider that what her vision for something is, uh, is isn't the sort of end-all, be-all. I guess, uh, you know, she has, and, and the what's more, her vision shifts and, and changes, uh, you know, like the wind, you know, she is one direction, then another direction, and, and yet somehow, amidst all of this, she is constantly, uh, you know, constantly focused on Madeline, and it's, it's really bizarre, almost, that she's able to, you know, when all these other things happening around her, she's constantly shifting this and changing that, and uh, then once Madeline becomes this this huge imprint on her creativity, uh, that's that's it, like, that's, she's, she's done, stick a fork in her, she can't move past that. And it becomes kind of an obsession. She is to the point where, you know, this adoration that Madeline has for her, this this the way that she looks up to her, kind of becomes toxic. Uh, and and the relationship between the and and conversely, the way that she sort of abuses Madeline and and almost takes advantage of her in in moments is also very toxic. And and. It's not a good situation, you know. You start out and you you feel like, okay, these these are people who are kind of understanding each other. This is someone who is going to be close with our with Madeline the way that her mother can't be, or or conversely, this is someone who's going to give Evangeline, you know, the the concrete direction that she so desperately needs, and that's it. Feels like it's going to be a good thing for both of them, and it really isn't, and and that's interesting that's fascinating that's that's curious because it it really does lead to um it leads to a lot of fascinating and and troubling situations that the two of them end up in which brings us to helena howard as madeline herself and oh my goodness is she ever incredible uh, she easily makes it into the lead performance category for me. Uh, she is absolutely fantastic in this movie. Uh, you know, I get, I, I would say, you know, just like Sasha Lane in American Honey, she is just just absolutely beautiful and, and perfect for this character. Uh, you know, she is able to rise to the occasion and she exhibits and exudes just all of the uh, uh, chemistry with every other person in this movie uh, from Molly Parker and Miranda July to the rest of the players in the theater troupe to uh, there's a scene at a, at a kind of like a barbecue party thing 
And like even just to that sequence uh, is so odd because like these are all these characters there are people you only see once in this movie. And yet just by being next to Madeline, they become integral. And she she does that. She is, you know, reaching out and, and dragging these people into the scene with her as as viscerally as she is performing. And her strengths come, you know, my favorite element of performances is generally range and showing, you know, it, it takes, you can be a, you can put, put on a fantastic performance in a character that's very singular or, or even, you know, two-dimensional, but um, it's, it's fleshing out these characters that are three, four, five-dimensional that really, uh, sort of stands heads and shoulders above the rest of the field. And, uh, you know, for to Helen Howard's credit, you know, this character of Madeline goes from, you know, playing seductress to playing scorned teenager to playing turtle to playing a cat to uh, playing... Uh, um, how can I, to not give things away, but but you know she has so many different dimensions and so many different layers to her, and it it really is fascinating to watch. There's a scene towards the end of the film, and not to go into specifics, um, but Helen Howard delivers kind of a monologue, and the the range of emotions in this scene uh, is is breathtaking and then when the scene ends and well not ends but when the scene kind of shifts from from one element to the next to watch her make that transition is breathtaking there's a scene earlier about midway through the movie where she is supposedly improv i mean uh, improvising in quotations in the movie and uh she embodies um this this character and it's it's fascinating to watch, and you can draw the connections that she's making in her mind, and it, it, it really becomes something all untoward, uh, all every uh, you know unique unto itself. It's it's brilliant, you know. I don't, and uh, she's able to really come full circle in this movie from you know being this kind of crazy out of the box, you know out-of-her-mind character who has plenty of really grounded moments. And, you know, you, you view her presence in therapy or in, in theater almost like therapy and, and really attacking her own mind in a sense. And it's, it's traumatizing in points. The, the monologue that I mentioned is, is very tough to listen to. It's, it's really rough. And she pulls it off brilliantly. The the surrounding people watching her are uh, equal parts awed and terrified. It's it's really something something very very special. So what is there uh, besides the performances? Um, you know, I mentioned how aimless the narrative kind of can be, and and it's it's really the lack of structure that is is so poignant and it, it I mean it is it really is that's that's really how things are and you know the film uh, 
sort of tends to be about Madeline. She is the, the principal character, and it is kind of about her path to... Um, I don't know, path, not, not path to, say, uh, understanding and, and recognition. And, you know, you, you get this sense that if the opening scene involves her and her mother and, and really begins to show you that strained relationship that the two have and exhibit, uh, the ending of the movie showcases that you know, it tries to reconcile and determine whether that situation and relationship has improved, uh, whether it has um, degraded over time, if it can ever be repaired, if it can ever, you know, make sense or, or matter or be, you know, fixed. Uh, it, it, and and the movie, as I mentioned, I think the movie specifically and, and concretely answers that question. And I don't think it's in a way that you would expect. Uh, you know, I think a lot of movies look at, you know, they take a character who has an issue, a problem, a, a, an obstacle, a, a thing that they need to overcome, defeat, or, or change, and... You know, the movie is just very straightforward in, all right, we're doing this. Let's, you know, go from point A to point B and, and turn this ship around. And, that, you know, we don't do that. I, I, I hesitate to even think that Madeline wants to fix things, you know, between her mother. I don't think that's ever the point. And I, I, I also think that, you know, it's... The, whatever the therapy that she gets out of this theater troupe is kind of coincidental. I, I think that there's a lot of, you know, it just happens to be happening. And that's also great. I think that's also a perfectly fine direction to to approach this from because it's it's different. It's unique. And she, she being Josephine Decker, the director uh, and, and writer, is showing us that, uh, you know, kind of implying, in a, in a sense, that you don't have to... Sometimes, you know, people don't have to want to be changed. And that still happens. And I think everyone has experienced that. You know, no one goes out seeking to be changed and altered every single day. Uh, no one... Some most people don't really think about that on a daily basis, and yet you know it happens. You know whether it's a new job or you know when you go to college or you start hanging out with new friends or you start getting into a new hobby. You know all these different elements of your life change it. They change it and they change you, and you don't just you know you find you find something you like and you're like oh i want to spend more time around this doing this uh with people also like this and it's not about you know being a different person but that's what comes of it and uh generally that i think happens for the good and sometimes not always uh for the bad and in this movie you get the sense that you know she likes being in the theater, she likes kind of acting and, and 
getting the chance to sort of be someone she isn't. And yet there's a scene, there's a line in the movie. Uh, oh man, am I gonna, I don't know if I'm able to find it. Um, some, ah, uh, shoot. It's, it's, it's like, you don't know myself, I think is close to the line of, of what it is. Um, something like that. Something like that. It's, it's, you don't know myself. Uh, and it's, it's such a, you know, it's such a poorly grammatical line, <laughs> but more than that, it, it, you know, you get the the underlying underlying meaning that I kind of got from that was you know this this is you you can't really who does know yourself you know you have people in your life who maybe have been with you through this transition uh, you know when you've moved from you know being like one type of thing to another type of thing when you've incorporated a new thing or element into your personality and they've watched this growth with you and you know you have family who have spent their entire lives with you you have uh, a spouse or kids or a best friend or somebody who has been with you who understands you who knows who you are and you know, as close as someone can ever come to knowing everything about you, uh, there's there's never a point, I'm going to guess, that anyone can ever, you know, it's impossible to know something 100%. You, you, and, and a person is so much more complicated than a thing that, you know, to know a person 100% is, it seems, you know, you, you're, you know, you're, it's impossible, you can't do it, and you see so many times in movies, in life, you know, this assertion being made, like, I know you, or, you know, I don't, come on, I, I know who you are, I know what, I know what you're about, and that happens in this movie, and there's a character that tells Madeline, look, I get you, and she's like, no, <laughs> she's like this isn't you and it, and Madeline's like it is me you don't know me and it's 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 not so sassy it's it's very matter of fact and i i think it's it's very representative of what the movie is trying to say and what the movie is trying to Im imply and and make the case for uh because it, it is a movie that tries to undermine and subvert your expectations and you know you think you know what you're getting and you don't you don't know what this movie is going to do you don't know where it's going to go you don't know what the beats are the plot points the the steps along the way you don't know that it's going to end on a good or a bad note you don't know when it's going to end or or what's going to happen or who's telling you the truth or how reliable the narrator is or what you're seeing if it's real if it's fake if it's a dream if you're awake you don't know these things and until they happen and even when they happen there's there's enough plausible deniability and and shaky confidence involved that 
it does give you this sense of, of uncertainty. Uh, so, you know, I, I you know, I kind of feel like I'm throwing a lot of words at this thing. And, and so to be a little more concrete uh, about some of the elements of it, it's, it's, it looks great. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a beautifully shot film. Uh, it is very fuzzy. Um, you, the camera doesn't usually almost never focuses on the entire image that you're looking at. Uh, there's generally one or two things that are in focus and then a lot is blurred around the edges. Uh, you, you get this sort of tunnel vision almost and it simultaneously makes you painfully aware of the thing you're looking at, but also the thing that you can't see and what might be around you, uh, which is an interesting dynamic and an interesting situation to be in. Um, you get a lot of uh, sort of I don't I don't, I don't you, you the, the the film is structured so I want to say haphazardly but it it's obviously you know with done with very very much care and and intention but it feels haphazardly in the way that things don't seem to flow in a, in the right way perfectly and you know for what that's worth I think it's it's meaningful in its own right, but can also definitely sort of distort your viewing. Uh, you know, one definitely one of my bigger knocks against the movie is how disjointed it feels, whether or not I know it is. You know, it, it, it kind of, the structure of the film plays against the way that I read it, if that makes sense. Uh, and I, I, I felt that tension between the 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 editing and the 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 story uh, more than I think you're supposed to, and so that that was frustrating at times. But honestly, overall, I, I was a huge fan. I really enjoyed this movie. So that said, before we get into spoilers, um, just to kind of highlight and outline uh, the current Circle of Film Awards that the movie is receiving nominations for. I mentioned lead and supporting for Helena Howard and Molly Parker. Uh, Josephine Decker also currently in the list for director. Uh, the film makes it onto the best picture list of nominees. It gets in for score as well as special effects and scene. Uh, scene in particular being that monologue I mentioned and the subsequent fallout therein. That puts Madeline's Madeline, Madeline's Madeline, with seven nominations. Uh, currently, the most nominations of any film. You have A Quiet Place, Black Panther, and Eighth Grade, all with six. The Tale and Hereditary, both at five. So, uh, becomes the nomination leader. Uh, we will see if it can hold on to that statistic until the end of the year. I. I imagine it won't, but uh, you know it is. I'm glad it has it for the moment that it does. I would be shocked if it came, it got to the end of the year with nothing. But uh, stranger things have happened. So, <clears throat> that being said, 
Uh, there is going to be a spoiler section, and I'm going to transition to that in just a second. But if you are going to depart at this point, I just want to say thank you for listening and to uh, go rate and review on iTunes. Couldn't appreciate that more if I wanted to. Thank you so much for listening, and now, spoilers. Any path, so many worth exploring. Just one would be so boring. And look what you're ignoring. Okay, spoilers for Madeline's Madeline. I'm not going to go into too much detail here. I don't want to give every single thing away. I just want to discuss the... Um, kind of just want to discuss the scene, uh, the monologue. So to kind of set the stage, uh, her mother, played by Miranda July, jumps, uh, it, it shows up, and, and Molly Parker kind of brings her and adds her into the group, and they kind of shadow her for a second, and then they give her kind of this, I don't know, they, they, they devote a lot of time to, to following around Miranda July and, and lending credence to her existence in a sense. And then as everyone's kind of sitting and standing around this room, Molly Parker addresses Helen Howard and, and you know asks her to act her mother, act like her mother. Which brings us to this scene, this monologue that she gives. And uh, what I love about this is this could have easily just been her setting everything that we heard Miranda July say throughout the movie. And to us, you know, about half of it is, half of it is things we've already heard her say previously. But the other half are things that we didn't hear her say, scenes that never really showed, were never shown to us, or lines that were never said. And what's brilliant about it is they all feel so real. Uh, you can see on Helena Howard, fate, Howard's face just how real this these things that we never saw were. And it goes on for very long. It's traumatizing. It is passionate and emotional. At one point, eventually, Miranda July leaves the room and the building and, you know, can't untake it anymore. And it ends with what was the opening scene of the movie, which is when a dream, uh, what's supposedly a dream of uh, Helena Howard burning Miranda July's hand uh, with an iron. And, you know, this is Helena Howard playing that scene from the Miranda July character's point of view. And so she is screaming, she is in pain, she's in agony, and she's, you know, screaming for the brother to kind of stop her and, and you know, begging her not to do it, and then in anguish and, and the pain and all of it. And it's, it's so beautifully orchestrated. And uh, as soon as, you know, we get to the end of this sequence, the end of this monologue, you know, it's, it's like a... You snap your fingers, and Helena Howard's face goes from like anguish and pain and sadness to, okay, what's next? Like that was just a completely an exercise, a game, and that is, uh, you know, that is so tough. You know, that is so tough. You know, I'm sure everyone's seen, or or you know, knows someone who can, you know, kind of like, you know, when you like wipe your hand in front of your face and you, you go from one expression to the next, like that's you know, that's not easy, that's, that takes effort, that takes skill, and, uh, you know, that's just from a face to a face, to go from, you know, an emotional experience and an emotional investment, uh, 
like she does to this sort of like blase um, face is is it's its own special talent. Uh, so then the fallout of this, which I alluded to, uh, is, you know, first off, Molly Parker just being overjoyed and out of her mind excited and ecstatic about what she just saw and how impressed she was, and so am I. But then we get the rest of the people uh, starting to kind of get this, like, well, wait a second. So we're just doing Madeline's story now? And Molly Parker's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, no, but like, I mean, yeah, but no, it's everyone's, it's it's our story, it's it's all of our stories. And there's this, a lot of just suspicion and, and, and incredulousness happening. And it's it's fascinating to, to see these these people kind of just, you know, can't really take her word for grant, uh, for for what it is. And, and you know, they, they all kind of see through the um, the veneer of of her facade and, and how how ridiculously uh, obsessed she has become with Madeline and and her story and her life and and it's it's toxic and it's hurting everybody and and so on and so forth and um you know her her instructions are take a moment from the monologue and like run with it for everyone to do which is just it's so strange you know you have all these people who don't know anything about Madeline who don't know the dynamic who only just saw this monologue and don't really have any basis or context and they're supposed to just take a chunk of it and you know it's it's very odd and and it's played so well you have this entire cast of characters who just kind of the emotions that they have you know one woman is completely just like you know dying and cannot like breathe because she is so traumatized by what she saw and you know she can't you know you have other women who who just like can't even accept that what's happening is really happening and you know people want to like get out of it it's just it's a whole confluence of mixed emotions and and it's pulled off so beautifully by all these people who are involved in it so that's that's kind of really all i wanted to get into with the the um the spoilers, you know, I, I don't want to, in case there are people who are still listening, I, I don't want to give everything away about this movie, even if this is the spoiler section. Uh, it, it's just that scene. I, I love that scene. I think it's a beautiful scene. Um, and it, it's Helen Howard. She is a star in the making. Um, and, and hopefully this gives her more opportunities and I hope that more people recognize this I hope to see her name come up a lot the rest of this year I I don't think it will though I think the movie is too tiny I think it didn't get a big enough release and it's not going to make as much of an impact but I don't know maybe maybe it'll find a home I hope it does so that's about it that's that's all I wanted to get into with Madeline's Madeline I want to thank you for listening to today's episode. Really do appreciate it. It means a lot to me. If you would like to uh, check out more episodes, um, you can do that most places the podcasts are found, including the website, circleoffilm.com, which has a bunch of other things on it, including, but not limited to, top 10 lists, Circle of Film Award nominations, and so on and so forth. If you would like to get in touch with me, talk to me about this, that, or uh, the other thing, 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Circle of Film or on, through email, circleoffilm at gmail.com. And if you would like to support the show, you can do that on patreon.com slash circleoffilm for as little as eight, eight cents an episode. Uh, you can also head over to iTunes and rate and review because that is meaningful as well and doesn't take any money. <laughs> and um, that's it. So thank you for listening. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same Wait a minute. Wait a minute.